If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games, a.k.a. Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the OK Beast Blessing, Adioye Jr. Greg, can you believe that this is our last full week of Kind of Funny Games Daily before we go back to the studio? I can't. Honestly, it feels if we're, weird if we're, not, if we're not doing some bit or whatever. No, it's, it's super insane. Of like, you know, last night Jen was asking me about changing the background down here when she wants to take over the main desk and stuff. I was like, dang, yeah, I guess I'm like moving out. You know, I'm going to college. It's time to leave all these kids at home and see what happens to them in the high school and stuff like that. It's just Ben and Jen dropping you off at the college. You walk <laughs> Tears the rolling down their faces. <laughs> me going to the Kager. Throwing oh, he's grown up so fast. Lot. How do you feel? So, yeah, I have a whole housekeeping thing I wrote that's really long. But, yeah, Friday the 14th, ladies and gentlemen, we open up Kind of Funny Studios, the spare bedroom. Uh, it's a marathon stream, 10 a.m. on Friday. I'll talk about it in a second. But, yeah, so if you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is our final full work-from-home week, at least where we have to. Clearly, we're going to be working from home in the future again. There'll be, somebody will have a COVID outbreak. Something will happen. And we need to do something. There'll be no internet, no power ever. We'll be, we know we'll be back here. But it's our final full week where we have to work from home. And then next Monday, so one week from today, is going to be your final day of Kind of Funny at Home content. We do Kind of Funny Games Daily. We record the Kind of Funny podcast, and then we shut the systems down to go uh, move into the studio, get everything ready, prep everything for Friday, and then from there on out at the studio. How do you feel, boss? Because I'll tell you. I'm going to do a Greg. I'm doing, I do these Greg Wave vlogs on Patreon now. Uh, mm -hmm. Today's is going to touch on uh, the fact that last Friday we went to the studio, unpacked boxes, did all this different stuff. And there was a point where I was moving boxes, and me and Mike were, and I looked at one and it said bless. And I was like, why does bless? Oh, shit. Blessing worked in the office for like three months <laughs> before yeah. everything got snapped away and we, we can't work from home, people. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. I think for me, the, th the thing Friday was being reminded that, oh, shit, like these are people that I, I now can just hang out with just casually, yeah. right? right? While in the office and, and kick it. You know, like one of the things we did uh, when we were there on Friday is we went into one of the rooms just to test out the, the computers for streaming and all that stuff. And it was what me, Roger, Mike, and Kevin fucking around. And like, I rarely, I've not really gotten to just fuck around with them in the same room, just kicking it yeah. like that, right? In this casual work setting. Like, usually it is us in a Discord call or it's us like going to Tahoe and kicking it for a bit. But like, being able to share that space okay, that and work once. together. That once. That, like that. I mean, it happened once, time, right? but it can't happen again. Um, but yeah, being able to just share that space with them uh, by itself, I think was pretty cool. But then also, I I have this weird thing of, I think I'm going to miss this a little bit, even though, you know, I prefer working in the studio. I think the 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 quality of the content is going to skyrocket being in the studio. And like, sure. the circumstances for- started working from home. We've been so terrible. But the circumstances- no, I, I've been so so terrible, but the circumstances of working from home, right, with the pandemic and all that stuff, that alone, depressing, sad, unfortunate, sure. all that stuff. But at the same time, working from home for the last two and a half years, I've gotten so used to it, and I've gotten so used to like 
this routine of waking up, taking a shower, going to get my coffee, coming back, you know, doing KFGD at my desk here in my room, and then like finishing it, logging off, and then maybe taking a 10 minute nap or like, you know, doing whatever, booting up a game. I'm so used to this way of life now that like well, going into the office next week, I think I might, I might get homesick a little bit. Well, I mean, how, how exhausted were you on Friday? Like I came home and just like collapsed on the carpet. Cause yeah, oh, yeah, you know, there is no, just sit there and talk to each other through Slack. It was engaging, mm. going to the liquor store, doing these things. Even, you know, you're talking about the, uh, you guys getting a horse around and streamer or try streaming or whatever, like for you and me, bless, right. Just to have a meeting just to be able to talk to each other in person. Right. Our usual yeah. weekly meeting we do through this. I was exhausted when I got home. I was spent. I mean, I had, a, I had a Lupe Fiasco concert later that night, and so I was ready to go. I was he had, he had no choice to be exhausted. He had, he had yeah, to he keep had the to energy keep going. going, yeah. yeah but I, 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 had to take I understand you, Greg. I understand you. Thank you, Barrett. Thank I've, you for I've, being there. At one night, because I've gone in a couple of days at this point just to kind of uh, test the waters, uh, especially sure. leaving Lulu home alone, which she has not experienced because she was a COVID puppy, right? Um, mm-hmm. One night, I think I was passed out on our couch by like a little after eight just cuddling Lulu and like having some show on in the background. And then I woke up 10 minutes later. I was like, Oh fuck, that's embarrassing. I hope Andy didn't come out here at all. Just like seeing me like drool on the couch passed out. Now blessing is, you know, there's tons of news to talk about today. I'm mm. kind of funny games daily. Cause that's what we do. But first I want to compliment this sweater. Now, is this a Lupe fiasco sweater? This green? No, green sweater? Uh, it's actually a Halloween sweater. Uh, that oh was, really? Oh yeah. Spirit Halloween sent it to me uh, about a year ago. You wouldn't remember because uh, you were on paternity leave because you had a son during the month of October. Well, what's more didn't... surprising about it blessing is that mm. once again, you just don't know the Halloween colors. The fact that you would show up in a green and black thing, and maybe that's for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Maybe that's just Can we just do this on Twitch? Is that allowed? I don't know. But the real fact of the matter, that orange and black is the attack, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the king of Halloween wears. You might have seen this one while I was on paternity leave. <laughs> if you didn't know, it's my matching Miller family Halloween pajamas, son. All right, so you sit there with your green and black attack waiting for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed starring me. That's fine. But it's all about the pumpkins, ladies and gentlemen. Someone no bigger than a pumpkin! <laughs> Someone in the chat said YouTube only starting tomorrow. <laughs> the pumpkins if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, we need to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn reportedly getting a PlayStation 5 release. Some more games, industry acquisitions, and so much more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, and I can't stress that enough, on a variety of platforms, we come to you with the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, Hey, why don't you be part of the show? You can write in for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Get your questions, comments, concerns read on each and every episode. Be part of the show and have a great time. If you're having a great time, hey, why not support us on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, you can write in and say whatever you want about what you think is going on with the shows, of course, how we're doing, all that stuff. But again, it's free now kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Over on Patreon, you can get the show ad-free. You can get the show uh, early for some of the other ones we do. Uh, You could get this bevy of bonus content we're doing now, ladies and gentlemen. Each and every month, you'll be getting 38 bonus episodes of content over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, and you can find out over there if you want to be a part of it. Remember, we've changed a whole bunch of stuff over there. You can go find out on patreon.com slash kindoffunny or patreon.com slash games. And then, of course, every dollar raised in the month of October goes into our big thermometer that will debut on October 14th for our big stream that'll fund new content, new shows, and all that stuff. I digress. Maybe you say, Greg, that's all well and good, but I'd rather watch live. Well, 
boy, how do you do I have in, in info for you? You can watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or youtube.com slash kind of funny games. That's right. We're streaming to both places right now. If you think we're doing a great job, why not kick us your Amazon Prime slash Twitch Prime or just give us a Twitch subscription or do the YouTube super, whatever the hell they call it over there. They're both there. You can give, you say, hey, I'm tipping you and you do the thing and it works that way and everybody has a great time. Uh, of course, you still have a special job if you're watching live. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. I said all of that. I talked about all of that. But if you want to go even that extra mile, Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. When you're buying something on the Epic Game Store or downloading something for free on the Epic Game Store, playing Fortnite over on your PlayStation, playing Rumbleverse over on your Xbox, no matter where you can enter the Epic Code and, and enter the Epic Code, kind of funny, help us fund this goddamn studio. <laughs> Because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, housekeeping, it's finally happening. Friday the 14th, we're moving into the spare bedroom, our 5,000-square-foot state-of-the-art studio in San Francisco, and you're invited to the marathon stream to end all marathon streams. It starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. Cisco will be there. James and Elise Willems will be there. Uh, and we'll be doing some of your favorite bits live while funding a whole bunch of brand-new kind of funny content. You don't want to miss it. Friday, October 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now, that means next week will be different. Monday the 10th, we'll record Kind of Funny Games Daily and the Kind of Funny Podcast. These will be the final ones from home, but all other content except for Greg's Greg Wave Vlogs on Patreon will be canceled as we move in and prep for the Friday the 14th stream. You do not want to miss this, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. Uh, our Rogue One in review rewatch is up right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunny and podcast services. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady on YouTube. I appreciate that Fargo Brady. Like he's like, you know what? I am no longer out. just Fargo Brady. I am Fargo Brady from the YouTube chat. You know he's who like, I am. He figured out how to, how to game the system. He's like, I want a sponsorship, but not with the sponsorship money. I'm just gonna go become a Patreon <laughs> producer. A shout out to Fargo Brady on YouTube. Today we're brought to you by NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Eight items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Number one on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. A Horizon Zero Dawn PlayStation 5 remake slash remaster is reportedly in the works alongside a multiplayer game. We go to Adam Bankhurst at IGN.com. A remaster of 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn is reportedly in the works for PS5 alongside a brand new multiplayer game for PS5 and PC. As reported by VGC and MP First, The Last of Us Part 1 remake looks to be soon joined by an updated version of Aloy's first adventure on PlayStation 4. It isn't 100% clear if this would be a full remake like The Last of Us Part 1 or just a remaster, but some of the details make it seem like it is trending more towards the latter. The reports claim this new version will add accessibility features, graphic modes, and quality of life improvements to the gameplay itself. The VGC article reports, quote, the updated version of the 2017 Guerrilla Games title will feature improved visuals to bring it up to par with this year's sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, uh, in the form of a new character models, lighting, and animation, it's claimed, end quote. Alongside the news of this remake slash remaster, the reports also claim that Guerrilla Games is hard at work on Horizon multiplayer game, a Horizon multiplayer game for PlayStation 5 and PC. In 2020, a Guerrilla job listing was looking for a game programmer with multiplayer experience to work on an epic open world game. 
VGC noted that leaked Horizon Zero Dawn concept art in 2014 hinted at Guerrilla's initial plans to add a Monster Hunter-esque multiplayer mode to the game that would have players teaming up to take down massive mechanical foes. These plans never materialized, but they could be ready for Horizon 3 or a standalone game. Blessing at AOA Jr. Greg Miller. Before you is the red pill and the blue pill. Do you want to talk about the remake remaster or do you want to talk about the multiplayer game? I I want to talk about the, multi the multiplayer game first because for me that is the exciting part of this. That's the part where that's something that I've been asking for. And I think we've been theorizing about, right, as we've had reports before about uh, Guerrilla hiring for multiplayer. I think the natural conclusion is, oh, yeah, make a co-op Horizon game. Make a Horizon game that functions like Monster Hunter, where it is you going out with your co-op partners, you going and hunting maybe big mechanical beasts, right? And, like, uh, uh, firing off their parts, collecting different parts uh, of these beasts, essentially having it function like a Monster Hunter game, right? But in Horizon. I think that's a really good evolution of what the, the, the franchise can be. And it also fits with what we know about PlayStation and where they're trying to go with their suite of live service multiplayer games i think the question for me comes more than a dozen to, coming remember more than a dozen live service games coming. oh yeah, more than a dozen and I, like i think that's where this gets interesting is does this fit in that live service model or is this just a multiplayer game right like monster you're sure. more of the monster hunter person than i am monster hunter would you describe as something that is live service games as service type game or would you just no. describe it as co-op multiplayer I, I mean, I'm sure this is one of those things you can argue about all day long. Personally, I would say it's a multiplayer game. It's not a games as a service game. A games as a service thing, I think, is here's there's a daily update to the store. This is what's happening. We're doing this thing. Multiplayer or uh, uh, multiplayer games like this and what Monster Hunter does. And granted, just for the record, of course, I played a lot of World and I reviewed the PSP game. So if you're new around here, I'm not the Monster Hunter guy. But you figure they do giant expansions that drop. And yeah, there's like daily quests and stuff like that. But it's not like the login battle pass this is what's going on you're you know that's the i think a games as a service right what's trying to bring you back every time yeah but even with, with that i could see them how i can see how they could evolve it even talking about expansions and dailies and stuff like that i think that is an e that is an easy thing to roll in with all right and we also have a four to five year plan with this thing where it is with each expansion you're getting a new area you're getting a new type of monster monster to hunt and you're getting new characters to meet in these different tribes and, and and villages and whatnot i think there's a lot you can do with that uh with the with horizon and playstation very obviously wants to make horizon a core even more of a core thing than it already is because at this point i'm putting horizon in that conversation of okay this is a core playstation franchise right you have oh, yeah for sure you have the prestige game they have the the um the movie coming was it a movie or or, or a tv series i, I, I was googling as many i want to see i'm pretty there, sure it's netflix the, right? i i think before we go any further, I'm okay. going to mm -hmm. toss my coin in that I think, isn't this the Amazon Prime series? I think that's God of War. Or Amazon. Is that God of War? Fuck. I think that's God of War. <laughs> There's so many announced I, I think There's Horizon like, is Netflix, and I think it's a series. Yeah. But they have uh -huh. that that going on, and now I think we're seeing them take that further. In a way that... Shit, fuck, yeah, it's Netflix. You're right. It's the Netflix one. Uh, <laughs> in a way that... Again, I make this comparison all the time, but I think it's becoming more. Gooseberry on YouTube says fake gamer. I'm a fake streamer, all right. I'm a fake <laughs> content streamer. I know the game stuff fine. I got that cold. It's when this, oh, we got Twisted Metal coming to Peacock. We got Horizon on Netflix. We got God of War on Amazon. This comparison is becoming more and more apt as we go, but I think they are really Nintendo-fying their franchises in a way where it is. Nintendo, you look at Mario, and Mario has the core 3D game. They have a 2D game. They have Mario Maker. They have Mario Party. They have Mario Kart, right? They are. They have a movie coming up, right? They are, sp they are spanning the range of 
hey, he, what are all the different ways we can use this one IP and get everything everything out of it? You're, sure. We're seeing that happen with Horizon, and I think in some ways that is smart. In the case of, yeah, make a Horizon Netflix show, and also, yeah, make a Horizon multiplayer game. But I think that then snowballs into, all right, let's take Horizon Zero Dawn, a game that came out five years ago, and make a PlayStation 5 version of it so that it can maybe come come around around the same time as a TV show, and also so that we can have a version of Horizon that is on par Fidelity wise with Horizon Forbidden West, which if you ask me if we need that, I would say no, we do not need that. Horizon yeah, Zero Dawn is very playable. This is the whole thing where we're just doing a copy and paste of the conversation about The Last of Us Part One, right? Yes. Where it's like back to the futon on Twitch, set in the live chat on Twitch, says, This is IMO, a worse choice to remake than T Lou. If it's just a remaster, it's fine though, which is hilarious that you're like, I can let a remaster go. Whatever. Like, your PlayStation is clearly ex- doing exactly what you're talking about, Bless. Mm-hmm. They are lining it up so that they are the PlayStation suite of IPs. You know what they are. You see them on TV. You see them on Netflix. We look. We need to look no farther than, what, two weeks ago for Cyberpunk Edge Runners, right? People yep. went and watched that show. They went back to the game. Highest concurrence of all time. So, or, yeah, of all time. So, you look at it here, right? And you're going to say, okay, well... Horizon's getting its own show. It is a beloved PlayStation franchise already. Why not put it out? Because just like The Last of Us, they want you to finish The Last of Us, watch the series on HBO, and they go, that was great. We should buy a PlayStation 5 if these are games. And you go to the store and you go to Walmart, and this is in the future. You buy the PlayStation 5 off the shelf. You buy Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2 off the shelf, and you go home and you play your games. And so that's the same thing here of like, oh, man, this Horizon thing's great. And there's two games. Go there, buy the box copies, and go. And we will all sit here, and we will... Go through the whole fucking cycle again. The Matrix just keeps repeating. I'm talking about like, spoilers. What's going to happen is this game's going to come out. We're all going to review it. And everybody's going to say it is the definitive way to play Horizon Zero Dawn. But if you've already played Horizon Zero Dawn, there really isn't a reason to go do it unless you're a big fan. Unless you really want. Unless you haven't done it. There you go. And if somehow the Metacritic will be lower than the original and everyone's like, what the fuck? I mean, the Metacritic will be lower than the original if they decide to charge $70 for it. Which... I could see that timeline. They like, are guaranteed. If this is a remake, which it is, I, th- I think it's going to be a remake personally um, in terms of the same. Well, yeah. The, same well, the, way way, was the article even kind of goes back and forth. With it. I, I, I kind of stitched together this article via IGN, I think citing the original source, but then VGC yeah. having their own reporting. And in the IGN yeah. article, they're like, uh, it sounds like a remake. And that's them talking about the accessibility features, graphics modes, quality of life improvements, yada, yada. The VGC, VGC article throws in there. Um, you know, you're going to have new character models, lighting and animations, which to me makes it a remake, which to me is like a step too far of like, all right, you're going to put out a remake. You're probably going to put it out for $70, I imagine. Because of course they are. And I think that makes it egregious. We do not need a remake of this. I would have you a remaster, you a director's don't. cut for $70. People need a, re- people need a Dude, remake of Horizon. I hear you. And I understand. And this could even be back. We can even hearken this back to Xbox being like, we are a platform and PlayStation being more generations. But this is oh, yeah. just like The Last of Us, not aimed at us. This is aimed at. You're buying a PlayStation. You haven't played in a few. You haven't played a PlayStation in a few years and going because, even though yes, you could buy it on PlayStation Four and then put it over here and play it that way, right? And make it make sense that like that is a bridge too far for so many non-gamers of coming into that. They want to walk in and they want to see the copy and they want to buy that, or they want to go home and click and just have it there and be there. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just business. And again, PlayStation's in that business, and so egregious does it need to happen yada 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 like 
I would think the people who are going out and buying it on those days are going to say it needs to happen, that that's how they wanted to do it. And like, they've never invested the money before. So what do they care kind of thing? Mm. Do you, do you think this is successful though? Cause I, I look at this and I and comparing it to the last of us thing. I do think that even though so many of us were vocal about, we do not need a last of us remake. Last of us came out in 2013 with a remaster that came out like years afterwards. It's a game that is still very much playable. I can play it on my PS5 right now and it still runs well. And it's not aged that badly, yada, yada, yada. Horizon, again, came out five years ago. Looks pretty like, and I, I there's a certain crowd for the last one. And it's a crowd that I'm in that is going to replay the last of us remake. I replayed it. So many people I know who are big Last of Us fans replayed Last of Us remake. Even though we complained about it, we replayed it and we fucking loved it. I don't know if that crowd I exists did. for Horizon. Well, you didn't. But I don't know if that crowd <laughs> exists for Horizon. Even people who are fans of Horizon, do you want to replay Horizon Zero Dawn? Like, would, would you not just hop in into Forbidden West like, and get the content out of, out of that? Like, is that game ready in the way that I think Last of Us was kind of in that middle area of all right, new people are going to get into it, but still you have the core fan base that's going to replay it and, and, and still like it. Think, you know what I mean? I think in that I know, I they totally, might be but relying it's just, on that, though, like relying purely on the, the newer the fan newcomers? base. Yeah, especially if they're, they are going to line it up with like the, the TV show or the, the Netflix series and stuff like that. That's um, exactly it, what I'm saying is it's yeah. not designed for gamers, right? I'm seeing in both chats, right? Like uh, Evan in the YouTube chat says, Greg, dot, dot, dot. You can play a fantastic version of that game on the PS5, dot, dot, dot. It's scummy business. And then over here, uh, Adon stands alone. Yes, Greg, it is agreed just come on uh calamity andrew plays greg is being too much of an apologist here no guys and gals <laughs> and you up people what i'm fucking doing is telling you why playstation is doing this you don't have to like it but you got to accept it right why are you defending doing playstation because they don't care about you they already got your money and to blessings point if you're some hardcore horizon zero dawn fan they're gonna get your money again they're trying to future proof so that the wall of playstation 5 titles has everybody that's on tv or in a movie I, I'm being an apologist. I told you last, I didn't even want to play Last of Us again. I didn't even play part <laughs> one all the way through. I was like, I'm fine with this. And then Zero Dawn, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I am in no way, shape, or form. Fuck yeah, let's play Horizon. Let's play however many hours Zero Dawn was again. This isn't an apology thing. You come here because you need, you want the news, right? And you want insight and you want some kind of take on it, right? Like the take here is that they are making this not for you. Is that egregious? No, it's business, and I'm sorry to say that. I understand you think it is, but, like, again, what do you want them to do for the new PlayStation 5 player? You want them to continue to have PlayStation 4 boxes up there and have PlayStation 5 play new PlayStation 5 owners go, well, that's not – I don't own that system. And then the Walmart guy has to explain it to you. The GameStop guy, if they're slow around, has to explain it to you. Like, I'm with you that that's the way to do it. That's the way to save a buck. That's the way to do all of this. You're not wrong about it. It's just the fact that – that's not what PlayStation wants. They want turnkey on this. My mm. my one thing uh, with that is that this is so it's so artificial by PlayStation. Oh, right? because it, doesn't, it does not need to be this way, right? Like uh, I know the Xbox Smart um, Delivery comparison gets made very often, but you look at Smart Delivery on Xbox, and guess what? Like you're if you buy a game that came out during the Xbox One era, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're buying an Xbox One game because it is. Hey, get this! It is just an Xbox game, right? We're trying to yeah, get rid of generations. Hundred percent. That's and a PlayStation system. That's a beautiful yeah. consumer-forward system. And PlayStation are the ones that are like, no, we believe in generations. Do you know why we believe in generations? So we can sell this money. Thing money because we can get seventy more dollars out of it's you. It's a problem entirely created by uh, by them, so they can sell you more copies of the same 100%. thing. One hundred percent. 
which like i get it and it is business and it is and it is whatever and like honestly i think it is cool to some extent that we can get way prettier versions of these games because the other way i would have uh, the other way that i think would be the more natural natural way of doing it to your point of hey i want a ps5 box that has horizon zero dawn on it would be give me a remaster or a director's cut going in there and doing all this work just so you can sell it at full price again it's a it's a, it's egregious to me it is it is egregious to me i understand why it happens but i'm like man i feel like that those resources can be can be used elsewhere in other ways and like, I, I, there's also a lot of frustration with intern and from the audience, and I don't, I don't think these are mutually exclusive. But the idea of your PlayStation, you have all these IP, you have all these brands, you have all the all these resources, to even make new games if you wanted to, and you're using that to remake Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I, I there's so much more you can do. I, I, I don't know. I feel like for the folks that are like, yo, give me Bloodborne remake, give me like a new Sly Cooper. Like, there's so much you can do. And getting another release of but Horizon is Gorilla, Zero Dawn is, is at the bottom of but it. But re- realistically, Gorilla working on a remake of those games, like of course they're not, they're not gonna no. do that. But no, yeah, it, and I I see this as uh you know the kind of similar to the Last of Us Part One when people are like, oh, this is a bad use of, of of resources. You have to think about it studio by studio, and probably like one of the conversations that they're having um in Gorilla in and of themselves is like, hey, the end of the Horizon trilogy we're probably not going to be able to get out for another, I don't know, another five, six years at this point. What's something that we can uh, release in the interim uh, that a lines Horizon up with the multiplayer game, the multiplayer game, but also uh, something that's more single player focused for more casual fans who aren't into the multiplayer sphere to align with the Netflix series and stuff like that. Again, this is me not being like, yes, I defend Sony. I'm just trying to uh, speculate on what they're, they're saying internally and stuff like that. Rationalize so. it a bit. Yeah. Like, not defending Sony. Does, does does Sony need to be defended? You know what I mean. Like, I mean, we are to your point. To the point no, shut up for a second. It, for, <laughs> the point here, bless. Like you call back to Sly, right? And they have so many other things they can do with it, right? Mm-hmm. The answer then to turn that around is that nobody bought the last Sly. You did not buy enough copies of Sly to make that happen, right? And so PlayStation is doubling down and trying to make money on these, as you're talking about. PlayStation defining IPs. Mm. Who are the Mount Rushmore of PlayStation? Put it out there. You know, again, over in the chat on t- games, uh, Don St- uh, games that doesn't help you. Twitch, <laughs> Don stands alone says, so call it bad then. It's not bad. Like it's not what you want, and I get that. I totally understand it's not what you want. Guess what? It's not what I want. Get. I'd rather it be. I with all due respect, I doubt I'm gonna want Horizon multiplayer either. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't I mean, want to go ahead mission. It's it's just what it is though. It's the oh, business you're gonna, of you're making. Gonna, you're gonna want that Horizon multiplayer. Am I, gonna gonna be, you say awesome that right like what about I ghosts like i enjoyed ghosts for a little bit but i didn't come back and get hardcore like you did yeah i i mean i maybe i'm speaking for myself i'm really excited for the multiplayer project i think that's gonna be a banger just in the way that i think a lot of these multiplayer projects they have hopefully are bangers because i do think that, that that's what playstation needs and i think part of my critique of it comes back to i think just the pure direction of what is playstation trying to be who do they want to be because i'm not it's, i'm not against the idea at all of hey let's focus in on certain IP because these IP are the IP that our fans have proven they want, right? You buy Horizon, so we're going to make more Horizon for you. I think that alone uh, is fine. I do, I think what I want for them though, going back to the, the Sly example, is for them to cultivate more different kinds of IP and more different kinds for of sure. games, right? Right now, PlayStation is, is in a place where they are going to lose Call of Duty in probably like six years or so, right? Like if, if Call of Duty, at, at the very least, their future with Call Resistance. of Duty is uncertain. And I'm not saying bring back resistance or kill zone because I don't know if those are gonna have the, the the sales power, but 
like I do think, hey, maybe you should work on diversifying that portfolio because continuing to put out horizon after horizon after horizon isn't going to, I think, fill in that gap that is going to be lost by Xbox having both Call of Duty and also like a lot of good first-person shooter franchises over there between Halo, Doom, Wolfenstein, etc. And then also just having the the the, the grip of Western RPGs over there between Skyrim, Outer Worlds, and, and um, the other ones that they have with those studios over there. If I'm PlayStation right now, I'm figuring out how to get more FPSs out, and I'm figuring out how to maybe develop more uh, bigger Western RPGs, right? In the, in the way that like Horizon more more of an action RPG, Ghost Stream more sure. action, right? Make something that is Skyrim-like, Fallout-like, right? Make something that is an actual big RPG because you're going to start to miss that in a few years. Uh, I think... I, go for it, go for good. it. I want to... I think, you know, again, we're on the same page here. It's just, yeah. do you define this as bad or whatever? And I'm just telling you, it's the fact of the matter of doing business as PlayStation them wanting to do this. Again, it's not a game I want. It's not a game I'll probably play, but I get why they're doing it. And I don't think it's wrong because, to your point... And to everybody's point, there's a perfectly good version of Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation 4 for somebody who buys a PlayStation 5. Yes, of course there is. But if you enter in that, it's a best foot forward situation. You come, you get excited by the show, you buy the brand new PlayStation 5, this premium console, you come home, you put it in, you play an old game, and there's going to be wear and tear around the corners that make it feel like not the modern horizon forbidden west we just got. That is the modern take on that, right? So why not put it in there and do this thing if you're PlayStation for this, right? The core of this, I think, goes back to Chun 2D2 in this uh, games chat, Twitch chat. Why well, I keep saying uh, it's kind of sad. I fell in love with PlayStation when they didn't care if something was a million, a multi-million seller. Period. Yes, I 100% get that. As the guy who was reviewing PlayStation 3 games at IGN that were weird, weird fucking shit, like uh, Last Guy, and then everything that would ever come to Vita and Gravity yeah. Rush, and you toss out all these different rating, like. like- weird yes exactly weird like uh niche titles right that people really loved and really were i think the core of what you would see at a psx the kind of audience you would see at a psx and what they loved and what they didn't love there and yada 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 like i get that and i understand that and i agree with that again like horizon zero dawn remake remaster is not going to move the needle for me i'm sure it will be prettier i'm sure it will be cool i'm sure i'll probably start it up to play like the hour of it or whatever but i doubt it'll be like i need to replay this because i'm not that guy and so I think they're not building it for me and they're not building it for you person listening to this unless you're the Horizon super fan that can't get enough of it. And they're just building it for it's when you go to buy it, they can buy it. And yeah, they can get the 70 bucks off of somebody and make it easy to understand because back to Blessing's point, smart delivery is very smart. It is very great. It makes the Xbox seem like such a unified ecosystem. And PlayStation would have a very hard time explaining that on the back of the PlayStation 5 box to people, I think. Yeah, I feel that. I feel you. Thank you. Number two on the Roper Report. Sony is reportedly making 2 million PlayStation VR 2 units for launch. Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. And I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, this is your put up or shut up moment. If Greg's a, <laughs> if Greg's a fucking Sony defender because he's saying, explaining to you why PlayStation is remastering this, and you're like, oh man, I just wish they did weird shit. Well, motherfucker, here's some weird shit. Here's 2 million weird shits that's coming out to you. Fucking buy them. Oh, but it's not backwards. This is what you wanted. You wanted the weird shit. It's coming straight in your fucking face. We got Ryan Dinsdale at IGN.com. 
Sony appears to be expecting a successful PlayStation VR 2 launch as it's reportedly making 2 million units of the headset ahead of its early 2023 release date. According to Bloomberg, sources familiar with Sony's operations said the company is hoping to produce the next 2 million units between September 2022 and March next year. It's worth noting that while the ending of production in March suggests a release date around the same time, it could also refer to the end of the launch window for the PlayStation VR 2. Sony's official release window for the headset is still somewhat vague, quote, early 2023. Unlike most other bits of gaming hardware, Bloomberg's sources said the PlayStation VR 2 hasn't faced supply chain issues that have slowed production. In fact, Sony is reportedly in a position to adjust its production numbers depending on how the device sells at launch. Temperature check, bless. PlayStation VR 2, where are we at? What do, what do they know that we don't know? How, why do they think it's going to sell this much? There's a uh, lot of units being produced. Yeah, but remember the first one did a million no sweat. And so you figure this one's going to be better, cooler, better games. But that was also a time where VR was more exciting for people. Yeah, I think we it was know more what exciting VR for people. Is now, you know? I think PS, PS4s but, were more available. Also true. But doesn't that... But, so... Here's a chicken and the egg thing, right? Of like, mm. we knew what VR was then, or we thought we now we know what VR is, as Barrett said, right? I think we also now know what PlayStation VR is, and I like PlayStation VR. You know what I mean? I, I'm over the headset and all the cables and all that stuff. I'm excited for the next one. I've, you know, I've thought there was something the other day that came to PlayStation. Oh no, I'm playing a lot of Dreams lately. I'm doing this Halloween thing I want to do in Dreams. So I've been, I was like, oh man, I'm do sorry, I want to do this? In, huh? You started that. You're talking about the the new All Hollows Dream thing that's coming up on the 20th that's a whole gotcha. can of worms i'm gonna explain to you eventually probably on PSLW this week of okay. what's going on with me and dreams and stuff and i want to it doesn't matter anyway so i thought do i want to bust out vr for this and i was like you know what no i don't <laughs> but i'm excited for playstation vr too and i'm gonna get there i and also the fact that there aren't as many playstation 5s out there as there were playstation 4s right i still think mm -hmm. the playstation 5s are in for the most part the hardcore gamers hands right in terms of like our, you know our audience and people who are in it and remember that was the success story of playstation vr that truly surprised me is that it sold really well the attach rate was great the audience was supportive and they weren't pissed off and regretted their decision i i i haven't done this temperature check-in in a while but at the time i remember being like oh we haven't talked about vr yet is anybody like mad they bought it and there wasn't like a groundswell of like yeah i got ripped off this sucks yeah so i think it could work out and again is two million going to be what they sell or is it just going to be what they have ready and yada 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 like i'm excited for it like i it, i don't know how it'll uh, not always, I guess. I do expect PlayStation VR still to be the whatever, once in a while carnival kind of atmosphere. It's not what I do every night when I sit down and turn on my PlayStation 5, but there's going to be those games I want to do. I do think I should be more excited for it, given how much I did enjoy PSVR 1. Right? PSVR 1, I think back to all my time, to my time with that thing fondly, right? Whether it was Trover, whether it was Blood and Truth, whether it sure. was Tetris Effect, Astrobot, uh, Beat Saber, the list of games actually goes on. PSVR 1, had, I think, had a surprisingly good library. Uh, I, and maybe, I think right now for PSVR 2, I'm not exci as excited because they haven't sold it to me yet. I think I'm still sure. waiting on whatever the PSVR 2 showcase is, where it is. All right, here's... Boom, boom, boom. Like, here's all these all these exciting games. Not that PSVR 1 necessarily had all these exciting games at launch, because I do think it was that was somewhat of a slow burn. But um, right now, in terms of the big PSVR 2 games, what we're sitting on, Horizon, Call of the Mountain. We got, uh, oh, did they say Resident Evil F Village yeah. or 4? Or Village? Was it Village? Uh, is getting yeah. a VR mode. So that's cool. But that doesn't necessarily, you know, that doesn't make me go crazy for it, right? Um, there is Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners 2, which I'd, I'd want to try out. And then 
what else? Uh, what else is there for that PS4 Star too? Star Wars one, which is the the Galaxy's Edge, Edge of Galaxy's Edge, or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. Tales of Galaxy's Edge, or something like Tales that. Tales of Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't like that doesn't do it for me as much. I, I guess right for now me, the the library seems thin, and so oh I'm not sure, but I mean they're not it. they're not ramping up, right? They want to get yeah. past God of War and, and get you sold on that and everything else. Uh for me, it's and this is funny because we actually didn't really talk a lot about uh, we glossed over in our uh, Horizon rambling about the remake about the multiplayer stuff, right? Where it's like the multiplayer doesn't excite me for uh, Horizon. Yeah, I'm I'll play it for a little bit. Hopefully, I get hooked. Yada yada yada. But like a VR Horizon does. Like I still I'd love to be in that world from a different perspective with a different character and go through and see all that and have that experience. And like for me, that's all. I should say all I need. But that's a great entry point of like this is the first premiere thing that's going to be there. And sure, Walking Dead uh, seems cool. It seems like it'll be, it, uh, from what the demo I did of it, makes it seem like a giant open world RPG in VR, which is neat. But then also, like, I look at that and I'm like, I'm not going to want to spend, you know, 30 hours with that thing strapped to my face, but like, whatever. Uh, I'm excited. Let's see what those experiences are. And if PlayStation supporting that, and if they're going to putting these IPs again that we're talking about in there, what is it going to look like? And what else are they going to add? Yeah. Funny enough, funny enough, I think the thing that would sell me completely would be if there's a new Astrobot somewhere in those first six months. Sure. Uh, I don't know if that's expecting too much because Astro's playroom was what only a couple of years ago at this point. But yeah, like, Astro, Astrobot Rescue Mission was such a oh shit vr is actually really good like that sure. was a moment for me playing that game and i think for, uh, for a lot of people i remember a lot of people describing it as like the mario 64 of vr and i actually feel yeah. that way too like it was yeah. such a good vr game and it was a game that sold me on the platform another one of those somewhere in that first year i think would do it for me and get me excited but her i'll, I'll play horizon call with mountain i'm not super excited for it but i've also just not really? looked into it as much yeah i've seen those tra- i've seen the trailers that we've seen in states of play or yeah state of plays yeah. um but none of it, like, it just seems like more Horizon, which I'm down for. But I think I don't, uh, the VRness of it makes me think that it's not going to be the Horizon that I know and love. You know, when I Horizon for Forbidden West, I love because of the open world exploration and because, like, of the combat and the story and all that stuff, right? Horizon Call of sure. Mountain, different characters. It's not going to have that same kind of gameplay. I know we I, we did a preview of it on PS Love You that I, I didn't get to be on because I was at D23 um you should listen listen to to it yeah you should uh listen to tam's thoughts on it because the way he saw it and like i'm not even a huge horizon fan or even a vr fan but the way he was talking Mm -hmm. about i was like oh this this sounds cool like if if someone else has a psvr2 and they have horizon i might i might check it out for a little bit because it sounds cool i just worry about motion sickness but We'll see. We can set up a VR. I'll, I'll bring my VR into the studio because we'll be working mm. in person. And I'll we'll be, it'll station. be next to your station, your Steam Deck station, where people can get yes. games. In my, in my fighting game station, because I, I don't know if you if you heard that when, uh, last time. Damn, Friday, you have like, so many stations here, Bless. Yeah, I'm going to have to create more space for my desk. Um, but yeah, I'm bringing in a fight stick, and so there'll be like a mini fighting game station at my desk as well. Can I, play? I need to figure out a, a cool name for it, chat, if you can figure out a cool name for Blessing's fighting game station. Blessing Stick. No, <laughs> maybe not. No, I don't know about that. Listen, come grab blessing stick. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Who wants to challenge me come on over, blessing stick? Come over, come over to my desk. Grab my stick. Let's play. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've said it before. We'll say it again. This all happens because of patreon.com slash kind of funny and patreon.com slash kind of funny games, which have recently been unified into one Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or patreon.com slash kind of funny and get all of our content that's right every piece of content ad free 
sometimes early, depending on what show you're watching. You, know, you get to watch it live if it's one of the main podcasts on games and kind of funny prime now. It's all unified for just $10. So you can go there, you can do all that stuff. And then, of course, you can go up and you can get the exclusive bonus shows. You can get the Greg Wave logs. You can have a great time. You can watch Mike interview Cliff Blazinski tomorrow <laughs> on Remember Gears of War, our first episode of Remember Blank. It's a whole thing. It's all explained on patreon.com slash kind of funny and patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But most importantly for right now, you can go there to get the show ad-free. But since you're not there, here's a word from our sponsors. Shout out to NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors. We are huge fans of NZXT here at Kind of Funny. And I got to say, these monitors, they're Andy Cortez approved, Kevin Coelho approved, and Tim Gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits. That sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance. They're available in 27-inch and 32-inch curved displays. Variable refresh rate support for all of the major GPUs. They provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre. You can get the monitor just alone. You can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts. There's built-in software support with NZXT Cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your PC. No need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings. They thought of it all. It's sold exclusively on NZXT.com. You can learn more about the NZXT Canvas gaming monitors at NZXT.co slash kind of funny that's nzxt.co slash kinda funny shout out to chime for sponsoring this episode what's the first thing you do when you wake up is it checking up on your credit score i don't think so at chime that's exactly what they do with their secured chime credit builder visa credit card you can start to build credit with your own money all of this with no annual fees large security deposits or credit checks to apply you can start your credit journey with chime sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games the chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by stride bank na pursuant to a license from visa us say chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured chime credit builder visa credit card regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve out-of-network atm withdrawal fees may apply except at money pass atms in a 7-eleven or any all point or visa plus alliance atm get your credit journey started with chime sign up takes only two minutes doesn't affect your credit score get started at chime.com slash kf games Bless, how great is Metal Gear as a franchise? That's so good. We're going to get another one. You know, I was just thinking about it. That has nothing to do with the news, everybody. I was just daydreaming about Peace Walker for a second. Number three on the Roper Report, Dead Space is getting a gameplay reveal tomorrow. We go to the tweet that says Dead Space. Well, they, it's from Dead Space's Twitter. Uh, trailer tomorrow. Tune in at 8 a.m. Pacific for the first official look at hashtag Dead Space gameplay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been toying around here. Uh, with doing some of the old gameplay reveals and trailers and watch-alongs here live in reaction. So tomorrow, we will be on Kind of Funny Games Daily watching this and reacting live to it when we Whoa. start the show. So if you want to be like us, don't watch it ahead of time at 8 a.m. Wait till 10 o'clock and watch it with us. Or watch ahead of time and then come and just see how we react to it and stuff like that. But Blessing, are you stoked? I'm excited to see it. Uh, yeah. It's funny because I all my excitement right now is for Callisto Protocol. Yeah. Right. And I think that's because we've seen so much of it, and it's a it's a little bit of a known quantity now. And so I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'm excited for this. All the gore, all the crazy shit looks really awesome. Whereas Dead Space remake, and this is going to be the gameplay reveal, right? So we've just, we've not seen that much of it. Um, yeah, you've seen like you know they they did a bunch of the dev streams where they kind of showed like early stuff and we're working through it and yada yada. Yeah. yada but this is like their big. Here you go. I hope it looks dope. Uh, you're probably more of a, of a Dead Space fan than I am. Does this get you excited? 
Oh yeah, I can't wait. The fact that we're getting Callisto and then like a month later, Dead Space, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. But I think it makes it makes it hard for both of them in some regard, but definitely Dead Space of cool, we remade Dead Space. And they're like, all right, well, how true to it did you stay? And does that feel like a dated thing? And how does the Ishimura feel and all that jazz? So to see what gameplay looks like and what the game looks like will be huge because not too long ago, for some reason, I was watching original Dead Space footage for something. Maybe it was B-roll I was, we were watching. And it was just like, oh, man, like, talk about rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember this being so scary in detail. You look at it now, like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is definitely an old game that we were playing at the time. But we didn't know any better. So I'm stoked for tomorrow. So I remember it being terrifying. I had a... I had a Dead Space mobile game that I played. Yeah. And I remember that even that being terrifying, playing it on my small screen. Like Dead Space, I think does such a good job of capturing uh, its horror in like a very Resident Evil like way, and it works for me. Like I get I get scared of that shit, um, and so I'm looking forward to it. Me too. You can watch live with us tomorrow. Kind of funny games daily. For now, that we'll move on to number four. Fandom acquires GameSpot, Metacritic, Giant Bomb, and other sites. This is Danielle Partis over at GamesIndustry.biz. Entertainment platform Fandom has acquired a number of gaming brands from Red Ventures, including GameSpot, Metacritic, and Giant Bomb, as well as several other media sites. The deal will see the above brands combined into Fandom's main platform, according to the company. It will also, quote, continue to expand Fandom's global fan platform to super serve entertainment and gaming fans, as well as partners, end quote. Other brands included in the transaction are Guide's website GameFAQs, entertainment sites uh, Cord Cutter News and Comic Vine, and television programming website TV Guide. Uh, the terms of the acquisition were not disclosed. Quote, we are thrilled to add these powerful, authoritative brands into the fandom platform, which will expand our business capabilities and provide immersive content to our partners, advertisers, and fans, said fandom CEO Perkins Miller. No relation. The trusted insights, ratings, and content they provide will make us a one-stop shop for fans across their entertainment and gaming journey. GameSpot, Metacritic, and Giant Bomb were sold to Red Ventures in 2020 as part of the firm's $500 million acquisition of CNET Media Group from the previous owner, Viacom CBS. Wow. Games Media, never a dull moment not just the games the layoffs <laughs> the news sites the patreons the firings the acquisitions the merging jeff grubb going around nobody knows what's happening anymore yeah big moves are always happening in, in this side of the industry uh this is one that i don't i don't know if it's scary or not i think that might be a wait and see situation of all right let's see how this goes because i think the big the big fear when it comes to mergers and acquisitions is just like all the transitional stuff that happens. You have people that get that get laid off, big changes that happen, um, like revenue that needs to be met, right? And what do we have to do as the parent company to now like uh, restructure to make sure that we're hitting the goals that, that we want to hit? I think that is the scary part of it. I think on the brighter side of it, for Red Ventures, I don't... I don't know if I heard much like positivity around Red Ventures. Like Red Ventures, even as they're acquiring uh, the the CNET uh, group from sure. uh, Viacom, I remember just being like, "Wait, what is Red Ventures again?" I've never heard of Red Ventures. At least fandom is like a known quantity to uh, to some extent. And if Red Ventures didn't see the value in these sites and they're trying to offload thank god they got acquired uh like they're not just like dissolving them or just letting them go or whatever and so now it is on um uh, uh whatchamacallit fandom to treat these sites well right and do good by the people that work here and so hopefully the hopefully the changes that happen are good changes but yeah i don't i don't know whether i should be like Ugh, or whether i should be like oh okay you know yeah and that's the biggest thing about it, right? Where I'm doing a quick Google, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. I remember when fandom 
God, I, I'm going to fuck it all up. But I remember when Fandom had people and they were going to make their own games editorial division. And I think they poached people from IGN GameSpot. I cannot remember if we were already gone and doing kind of funny if we were still at IGN. But I know that that fizzled out and never went anywhere. And of course, building something is harder than acquiring something and doing something. And so you hope they acquired GameSpot, Giant Bomb. No, and of course, because they're what we're talking about in terms of games media. And of course, tons of our friends work there. You hope they acquire them. And it is the idea of we love what you do and we want you to do that for us and keep going. But it also is always that fear of, they, you're, it's basically a Tommy boy, right? Where Dan Aykroyd's guy wants to acquire a Callahan parts just for the box and keep the name on the box, right? Like that's all he wants mm. out of it. So it's like, what does fandom really want to do with GameSpot and Giant Bomb? Do they want them to keep being themselves or are they going to say, it's kind of silly. You guys are two different sites. Why don't we merge you back together? You merge them back together. Okay, well now there's redundancy. So of course you get rid of Jeff mm. Grubb, just a horrible person. And then you Terrible. keep moving things around. Like there's parts on the board and all these things. And like, that's the whole thing is these are always a hold your breath and hope for the best. And sadly, usually with acquisitions do come layoffs because now you have a new group in there and, you know, to do this conversation and not know anything about what's happening and how long it's been going as well. Right. There's also then this conversation of think about, and I joked about Jeff, Jeff obviously is a friend of the show. He's been on a bunch and usually he's in the chat, but I don't know what he's doing today or if he's even there, but it's that idea of, okay, well, Jeff just started there. Giant bomb just got restructured how much of what was pitched as the restructure or coming to work for us is going to be intact with new owners who could, of course, say, that's not really what we want. We want you to be looking for this. And this could go for GameSpot as well and a million other places and things like that. It's a big question mark at this point. You hope for the best. You look for the best. Usually what I like about this is that anytime you have these kind of things, Red Ventures was looking to get out of the GameSpot slash Giant Bomb business. Yeah. Fandom was interested in getting into that business. It's always better to be interested in getting in than getting out. Because eventually, if you can't sell it, you close it down, you strip it for parts, you do whatever, and yada, yada, yada. So in the yeah. long, it turns in into the short term, this situation. is good because there's interest for it. I'm sorry, what plus? It, it turns into a Game Informer situation of, hey, we're GameStop. We, we, either we don't want to sell or we can't find anybody to sell this to. All right, cool. Let's strip. Like, let, let's lay off people and then let's get into NFTs or whatever the move is to make that thing profitable that you don't care about anymore. Right. Like it yeah. could be that situation. And thank God it's not that situation. And to your point, you know, I'm, I think the question for me is how much does fandom know what they're getting into? Like, do they already do they understand what GameStop is, or GameSpot is? Do they understand what Giant Bomb is? Giant Bomb especially. Right. Because Giant Bomb, I think, is a unique thing on the media side of the in- industry. Right. They're more like us than they are in IGN. And so when you're when you're getting into something like Giant Bomb, do you understand the financial structure of it? Do you understand the size of it? Do you understand the appeal of it and why people go to a site like that versus a site like GameSpot, right? Um, I, 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 that's the fear. Hopefully, again, they are, hopefully they treat these sites well, right? And hopefully this doesn't result in like layoffs and, and, and all the shit that we typically see when it comes to these weird transitional moments of the industry. Yep, and that's what we have to do. In uh, the You're Wrong, Nanobiologist, of course, uh, says, I can't find anything about Phantom Gaming Editorial. They had three closed services, according to their wiki, that were open serving a web publishing project, Armchair GM, and a sports forum in search engines called Wikia Search. Cool. I'm, I remember Jack DeVries went there and worked there, and I forget what happened over there. But uh, Someone in the chat that said that they have games editors. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then nanobiologist in the live chat says, so far everyone who was part of the acquisition is okay with it and no layoffs. Yes. I can speak from experience. Usually what happens is, what's up? We're your new owners. We're excited to be here and learn. And then it's a month or a couple months down the line. We're like, listen, 
there were redundancies. Things had to go, blah, 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 blah. It's not, hello, how are you? You get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to make, it's like prison. Punch somebody in the face and throw them out. Like, all right, I'm the fucking boss now. This is how it goes, you know? We'll wait and see everybody. But of course, best, best wishes to all of our uh, friends and family over there as they uh, navigate. You know, it's always a scary and interesting thing of, all right, well, how does everything in your life now revolve around a new company? What do they want for you? Uh, as a reminder, Kind of Funny is 100% independent, and we're launching a brand new, very expensive studio <laughs> October 14th. Come out and support. Say, hey, watch, give away some subs. Uh, support on Patreon if you think we're doing a good job. Uh, we're great, by the way. Obviously, everything's great. But just to remember, as we have seen, fan bite. As we have seen, Game Informer layoffs. As we have seen, everything else going on in games media. Like, you, There's always those things. Oh, man. It sucks that's going away, and it does help if you support. And I don't even – I made a joke about us. Obviously, we are doing incredibly well. We're always doing great. And please support. Come to the studio launch, yada, yada, yada. But also, like, obviously, remember, share the things you enjoy. What is the number one thing that gets shared on my timeline all the time? Look at this stupid fucking article that said all video game people are lizards. That's what people love. I'm mad, so I want to share this. Share your, the review you like for the day. Share the video you enjoyed that morning. Uh, just support the people that you – get entertainment from it's so easy to listen to watch a video read a review move on with your life and then it's the thing that you hate you're like oh my god everybody look at this and it totally sends the wrong message and then your favorite site closes or lays people off because nobody's clicking on those articles like oh but i love those articles well i never heard you talk about those articles i never heard you talk about that thing i digress patreon.com slash kind of funny give us money number five on the rope report Halo's developers reportedly switching to Unreal Engine. This is Andy Robinson over at VGC. Halo Infinite developer 343's industry is 343 Industries is reportedly planning to ditch its proprietary Slip Space Engine for Unreal. That's a weird name. Uh, that's according to journalist Jeremy Penter, who wrote on Sunday, "Quote: I can only confirm that many sources are saying this and very clear that it's already been decided, and Halo is for sure switching to Unreal." If accurate, it's not clear what this decision would mean for Halo Infinite itself, which 343 has publicly committed to supporting for a decade. If 343 has indeed decided to switch to Unreal, it would follow a long line of development road bumps, uh, as well as significant departures, including the lead engineer behind the Slip Space Engine himself, who was uh, confirmed to have left last month. That's... That's wild, right? Like, do games like this usually switch engines halfway through, like, their release? Right? Like, Halo Infinite came out, what, has it been a year ago? Two years ago? A year ago? Two years ago. It came out last year. No, it came out last year. No, it came out last year. I was, Sorry, I was, thinking, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, it was a launch title for the Xbox, but then, no, it got delayed a year. Uh, but it came out a year ago, right? And so to probably be, what, a couple of years into its release and then uh, switching engines into a game that is designed and planned to be a an ongoing title, right, to live for at least i assume five or so years maybe 10 years if they're going that long that seems that seems pretty wild uh and i gotta assume that's because on the back end maybe that is what's contributing to some of the problems in terms of them not being able to get updates out as as timely right i wonder if development on that engine is just fucking difficult and the player base has these demands of hey we want more maps we want more modes we want xyz thing and they're just like hey man we're doing the best we can with slip space but let me tell you this thing is not letting us get these things out on time maybe unreal would just be an an easier uh way to do that but either way i i think this is fascinating um i'm curious to see will the game feel different like what does that what like is it what does that do to the game if they are transitioning an engine all of a sudden? Yeah, I'm rereading this. Because I... Someone said this, Destiny It has to be for the next one, right? It can't be... For, you're not going to redo the game. Because the, the lead is the developer is switching, not the game. 
So you think this is for? I can Halo only confirm that many Infinite sources are saying they're very clear that it's already been decided, and Halo is for sure switching to Unreal. He doesn't say Halo Infinite. If accurate, it's not clear what this decision would mean for Halo Infinite itself, which 343 mm-hmm. has public community support. Like, I'm stupid and I don't make games for a reason. I just mm-hmm. play them and talk about them. But I, yeah, I can't imagine you're switching the game to Unreal as much as the rest, the next project and where you go from there. Am I so wrong? you think there's a, there's a Halo Infinite 2 around the corner? I mean, they're definitely making something else, right? They're not just going to shutter the shutter the company. <laughs> well, I would, I would think that the way you would go about it is to just keep on building on Infinite and find a way to to you know bring it back, right? Not that it's like fucking dead in the water, but if you keep turning <laughs> out stuff for it, like Halo Infinite, I think is a good base. That is a fun video game to play. Mechanically, it is sound and it is really fun. The only problem I think with Halo Infinite is just the lack of features and the lack of content stuff that that you you would expect for Halo to have. In, at least within the first year, right? Things like campaign co-op, things like Forge, things like all all the, these requested features that you that that fans have, right? More maps, you know, more just updates in general. I think that is what the core issue is, and I'll think that if that's the case, then the way to fix it is to figure out how to get those updates out on time and at, at a at a good cadence. I don't think it's necessarily redoing the entire thing, but maybe it is. Maybe that maybe that's the best way to to to, to speed this up if the current engine isn't. Like, is it up to par to get those updates out? Hmm. Hmm. That's what I say to that. Yeah, I'm out of my element. And then I started running through developers I could call to ask them this question. I'm like, no, well, that person's that person works for Microsoft. And okay, well, that, that person's a PlayStation person. That wouldn't, that wouldn't work out. Can you call somebody from Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, that doesn't help us either. You know what I mean? Hey, we'll see. We'll what wait do you think about these engine means. issues? We'll wait and see what this means. Uh, we are pretty much out of time. Uh, I mean, I want to do an hour-long show, so I don't want to go into an hour-and-a-half-long show. Uh, so number six on the Roper Report, Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer uh, Francis Townsend has stepped down. This is Adam Bakerhurst over at IGN. I'll give you the intro. Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer Francis Townsend, uh, who was previously criticized for her actions following the news of the company's sexual harassment lawsuit, has stepped down from her role at the company and will now serve as an advisor to the board and CEO Bobby Kotick. There you go. Remember, yeah, Townsend was criticized by Activision Blizzard employees and others for her actions uh, following the public announcement of the lawsuit uh, filed against Activision Blizzard over allegations of the frat boy culture and sexual harassment. Uh, Townsend called the allegations distorted and false, while she said uh, her statement was made following legal counsel's guidance on language and that the end result no longer sounded much like her voice. Uh, She then would tweet a link to an article, The Problem with Whistleblowing, on her personal social media account. After these events, she stepped down as an executive sponsor of the ABK women's network we did it fuck out of here we We defeated the evil of activision blizzard at least the francis they're still an advisory on the board so you know and what's it's his face all just, is still there, you know. You know, you know, you, you know she's bad. lame ducks until Microsoft takes over. You know she's bad news uh, when you have this quote at the end of the article that says, quote, Fran did a truly exceptional job, actually four jobs, with continuously increasing responsibilities and the most exemplary work ethic, end quote. Kotick wrote in an email shared but with Bloomberg News. Bobby Kotick is out here being like, yo, my girl Fran, she's awesome. She has, and that's how you know that Fran is not good. So yes, get her out of here. <laughs> when the reference is Bobby Cody, like, oh no, that's not, like, that's no. not where we want to be. We don't want that at all. Uh, number imagine, seven like, on the rope. Imagine somebody like applying to, to kind of funny and then they have the references, and like Bobby one of the Cody. references is Satan. <laughs> <You're> like, whoa, <laughs> I don't think you should work in this company. 
Uh, number seven on the Roper Report. Three lead Disco Elysium creatives confirm their departure from the studio. This is Ollie Welsh at Polygon. Three key creatives behind the acclaimed noir uh, role-playing game Disco Elysium have confirmed that they have left the game's developer. And I, dude, I've heard people sp- say it out loud. Zaum? Or is it Z-A slash U-M? I never figured this one out. I, I think I, I go Zaum. We're going to say Zaum good. from here. Zaum. All right. Leap Victor in the chat says Greg would hire that person and out of context <laughs> that, that sounds way bad but of course me and the Dark Lord we got an understanding so yeah it makes sense lead writer and designer Robert uh, Kurvitz art and design lead Alexander Rostov and writer Helen uh, Hindpeer uh, made a brief statement on Rostov's Twitter saying simply we confirm we are no longer with the studio the trio moved to confirm their departure following a post on Medium uh, by Martin uh, Lugia no Luga, uh, who worked on Disco Elysium as an editor. Luga said that neither uh, Kurvitz, Heinpier, or Rostov are working uh, there since the end of last year, and their leaving the company was involuntary. The three creatives did not back up uh, the latter claim, nor say anything about the circumstances surrounding their departure. For its part, Zao provided a statement to IGN in response to Luga's post, uh, seeking uh, to highlight the group effort behind the game and its next project. Like any video game, the development of Disco Elysium was and still is a collective effort. And every team member's contribution essential every team member's contribution essential and valued as part of the greater whole. Uh, at this time, we have no further comment to make other than Zaum Creative's team's uh, focus remains on development of our next project. Uh, we are excited to share more yada 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 yada. That's a drama. Yeah, industry drama. Uh, it sucks to see these people that where leads leave the studios seemingly in an involuntary way and it's it's that thing of you don't know everything here is foggy right in terms of what happened like were they forced out why were they forced out who was shitty in the situation what happened uh but either way for me as somebody who i really like disco elysium i'm looking forward to a disco elysium too sucks to see these people uh leave especially because they were core in its development right you have somebody who's a lead writer uh robert kurvitz right like disco elysium is nothing if not its writing and so I imagine if he's leaving, that means that that game is going to undergo a huge change just in terms of whatever the tone is and the quality of writing. And again, that could be good. That could be bad. I don't know. Yeah. But it is it is terrifying to see something or it, it sucks to, be, to, to see the game in, in a state that seems turbulent. Right. Like, I don't sure. think the Disco Elysium 2 is going to uh, be the same as Disco Elysium 1 just in terms of what the general vibe is, what the quality of, of writing is and all that stuff, right? Like expect big, big changes for the second game. If the second game even comes out, which now I guess we'll see. We will see, ladies and gentlemen. Just like we'll see number eight on the Roper Report, Fallout selling its, celebrating its 25th anniversary. Uh, Bethesda doing a bunch for the 25th anniversary of Fallout. You can see it up there. You can get it on your Twitters. You can do a whole bunch of different stuff. But the next Fallout is the one we all care about, Blessing. And that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Guardian Tales on Switch, Marauders on PC, and Mars Base on PC. That's it. Wow, that is it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we ask people watching live on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. 
Bander SN writes in and says, just a reminder, Spider-Man Remastered featured new lighting, improved textures, accessibility options, ray tracing, and replaced the entire Peter Parker model. <laughs> These are the exact same features of the that Horizon article states. So again, maybe you get that. I don't know maybe if they're, they're the exact same features. Like, yes, Peter Parker changed. But here, is in the article, uh, they say what? The updated version of the 2017 will feature improved visuals to bring it up to par with this year's sequel. Horizon Forbidden West in the form of new character models, lighting, and animations. New character models, lighting, and animations. It was just the Peter Parker model that was changed. That was I mean, But they also they listed, they listed uh, lighting, but it's also, uh, you know, models could mean they, like, replace some... It spruce it up. You know? Yeah, just to spruce it up a little bit. Kabob's and also to bring in. it up to par to this year's uh, Forbidden West. You have to remember that's a cross-gen title as well. That's not a fully native PS5 game. Kebabs pops in live on your wrong. It says, Spider-Man Remastered only replaced Peter's head, not his entire body. <laughs> 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 Which is such a ridiculous sentence to read. Whatever. Spoilers, everybody. They're going to charge you 70 bucks for the Horizon Zero Dawn. All right. You, can, you don't have to like it but you got to accept it. Uh, right. And then nanobiologist pops in and is very much speaking from his heart. And that's going to lead to a Greg whooping. Greg said Sly 4 didn't sell well, but Sly Cooper 3 sold about 860,000 copies. And Sly 4 sold about 850 copies across Vita and PS3. So it sold equally to its predecessor and its predecessor got a sequel. This is just a hit piece against the devious raccoon. Nanobiologist, you're fucking smarter than this. All right? You're telling me that PlayStation looks at it and is like, oh, man, let's make a sequel to this game. That game is on two platforms and sells 10,000 copies less. And they're like, ah, close enough. Let's do a fucking another <laughs> one. That's a failure. That is a failure, sir. That game failed because you didn't want to buy it and play it, ladies and gentlemen. And now you sit here and you go, oh, my God, PlayStation's so bad. They keep remaking the successful games. Why? Why? Because you didn't support the Vita. Where were you when Sly needed you? Where were you? You weren't here. You weren't buying it. 10,000 of you were like, you know what? I don't want to play it again. Ah, not my cup of tea. Now, guess what? Here's T-Loop Part 1, Zero Dawn, 70 bucks, 70 bucks. What are you going to do about it? Oh, we want Bloodborne. I don't know why they're not doing that. That seems like a great idea. I don't have an answer for that one. I don't know about that one. Every, every single day, I'm reminded about how fortunate I was during the PS2 era to make the choice of Ratchet and Clank as my go-to sure. PS2 platformer sure. as opposed to Sly or Jack and Daxter. Again, nothing against those games, but one of them still lives. Thank God. <laughs> I made the right decision. Ladies and gentlemen, you made the right decision by watching Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow because we're here each and every weekday. Your host for our final week, our final full week of work from home. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Blessing. Wednesday, it's going to be Blessing and me. Thursday, it'll be Blessing and Tim. Friday, it'll be Tim and Blessing. Record, of course, record, of course. Remember, of course, we'll come back then next week for one more Kind of Funny Games Daily from home on Monday. Uh, and then we will do a Kind of Funny podcast. But then we shut down the lights. We shut down everything and we get ready for October 14th. Friday, the marathon stream to end all marathon streams as we introduce you to the kind of funny spare bedroom. We can't wait. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching live right now, guess what? KFFL is up next. Mike and Andy are here for another week. Of course, you can watch it, like I said, live. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. But if you're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not live. I'm driving my UPS truck right now. Thank you for your service. And of course, remember, you can get all the archives of our live stuff on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Remember, since we're streaming everything to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, the archives just live there instantaneously now. So we sunset it. 
kind of funny plays. That channel is over there until we need it probably in three more years when we redo everything. But like I said, a bunch of stuff's changed over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and kind of funny games, which are now one thing. So eventually I'm just going to say one of them. You'll have to understand that it's all of them. Go over there, find out about all the shows, find out about watching live exclusive content, 38 episodes. I got to record a Greg way right after this. I'm having a great time over here. Uh, if you didn't know though, ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, why not head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, kick us a few bucks to say, hey, you're doing pretty good. I hope you never sell to some company that sells you to another company that sells you to another company, and before you know, it's just Greg going, da, 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 That's what I think they do to me if I became an NFT. Is, do well, NFTs move? They move, right? <laughs> I'm sure some of them do. I'm sure they have some gifts in there. <laughs> NFTs fucking suck. <laughs> oh my goodness. Of course, you can watch live on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games as we record it. You can write in for free now, ladies and gentlemen. Kind of funny.com slash KFGD whenever you have something to say to us. And of course, you can get it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Now, Blessing and I are going to do more content somewhere else and do other stuff. I got the Greg Wave vlog to do, but Mike and Andy are going to play football. So until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you.